In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4, listen, listen to what the Bible says. And it says, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. But here's the part I want you to see. But bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. There's a command to us dads that we are to bring our children up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. Now, if we're going to have D6 families and we're working strategically to build that over the years to come here at Victory Church, then we are going to have to have some D6 dads that step up to the plate and take the responsibility of training up our children in the ways of the Lord. The video clip that we just showed you a moment ago. Too often we as parents have left that training to the church. We've left that training to the youth pastors. We've left that training to the Sunday school teachers. We've left that training to the pastors and preachers at our churches to train up our children in the ways of the Lord. Well, it's okay for pastors and the church to come along and assist you as a parent, but it's certainly not biblical for you to turn your children over to the church and ask them to instill in them the godly principles and teachings of God's Word. We see all through the Word of God where God commands us as parents, and particularly us as dads, to instruct biblical principle and doctrine in the lives of our children and to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Let me give you a few statistics that, that uh, have been researched and found out. 43% of all children, that's nearly half, 43% of all children live without a father in the home. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of children who exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 85% of youth in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Now what does that tell us? That tells us that the dad plays a very important role in the life of that child. Now let me put a little disclaimer here. It does not mean if your child has been reared up in a home without a dad that he's destined for prison or, or all these other things. Your child can still turn out okay without a dad. Okay? A biblical example of that would be Timothy. Where Timothy was raised in the home of his mother and his grandmother. There apparently was not a dad around. But Timothy turned out to be a pretty good guy, did he not? In the Bible? I mean, it can happen. It's going to be a lot more work. But we see the importance of dad being involved in the lives of their children on the spiritual side of it. And a lot of times we dads, sometimes we're more comfortable with the athletic side of our kids or the physical side of our kids. And we as dads, we love to get in the, in the living room floor and wrestle with, with our kids. We love to get out in the backyard and play ball with our kids. I mean, those are kind of the guy things. But when it comes to the spiritual training of our children, a lot of times we as dads, we take a back seat to that. And we'll let mom do that, or we'll let the church do that, or, 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 or we'll let some other resource or source out there do that. But the Bible says that's our job. As dads, if we're going to raise D6 families and build D6 families, then we must get involved in the spiritual life of our children. 
Let me share with you today some habits that we glean from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a wonderful book and, and there's great wisdom that can be gained as a result of just studying and reading through the book of Proverbs. In all reality, the book of Proverbs is a book of a dad that is writing to his son. And he's instructing his son in the ways of the Lord and in general about life. As a matter of fact, you look in the book of Proverbs, there are 27 direct references to fathers. 31 chapters, 27 direct references where the word fathers is used. Now where it's implied, the number goes up even more than 27 times where it's implied that a father is to do something in the life of their child. But we can find 27 times in the book of Proverbs where it distinctively says, fathers do this, fathers do that. So dad's a good place for you to begin would be to go to the book of Proverbs and read that for yourself so that you can get some of the instruction and the commands and the training from the Lord. But let me give you a few habits that we glean from the book of Proverbs that will help us to become D6 dads in our world today. Number one, jot this one down. Godly dads fear the Lord. We just have a fear or a reverence for the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 14, and I'm going to glean throughout the book of Proverbs, but Proverbs chapter 14 in verse number 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord, will you underline that in your notes? Will you make a mark in your Bible? Will you indicate in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children have a refuge? Well, what does it mean to have a fear of the Lord? Does it mean that we are afraid of him? Does it mean that we're afraid to approach Him? Does it mean that we stand in, in trembling uh, before the Lord? It doesn't really mean that type of fear. It doesn't mean we're afraid or we're scared of God. What it means and what it's talking about is that we are to have respect for the Lord. And we're to teach that to our children. And in respect of the Lord, there is strong confidence and children have a refuge. In other words, we realize as dads that God is our supreme allied commander. He's in charge of everything. He's the number one person in the life of the family. We realize that He is holy. We realize that He is pure. We realize that He is to be honored. We realize that He is to be obeyed. And we share that throughout the entire family. Now, whenever you have a household with a dad, that the D6 dad, that really lives in fear of the Lord, there's going to be a different tone in that household. I mean, there's just going to be a different spirit in that household. And the world will know it. Visitors will know it. But especially your children will know it if you have this fear, this respect for the Lord. What are some ways that we show that in the home? Well, obviously, we show that by just simply praying. I mean, we pray over our meals or we pray together. And the dad takes the initiative and the dad will pray. I wonder, dads, have your children ever caught you praying? Have they ever heard you pray? Have they ever caught you reading your Bible? Do they see you read your Bible? Those are ways that we instill this tone in the household that we are men. We are men of God that have a fear of who God is. We respect Him in our home. What's another way that we show the fear of God or the respect of God in our homes? What about the times when the finances get lean? And by the way, we've all been there, have we not? 
We've all been to the place where we wonder how in the world are we going to get the bills paid this month? How in the world are we going to send Johnny off to this and little Susie off to that? Or how are we going to purchase that and buy that? Or how are we, how are we going to do that? How do your kids see you react in the lean times financially in your home? Do they see you worrying? Do they see you fretting? Do they see the stress level rise? Do they see you arguing? Do they see you bickering? Or do they see you encouraging the family to call out to God and saying that the just must, must walk by faith and we're just going to believe that the Lord will meet our needs? And, and, and He's told us that He would meet all of our needs according to His riches in glory. D6 dads are going to implement that strategy in the lives of their children and their children are going to be able to look at dad and say, hey, dad is a man of faith. Dad is a man that believes God. And dad is a man that when the finances are tied, he just prays and asks God. And God comes through. I mean, our children should be able to see that in our lives as a D6 dad. That'd be a good spot for an amen. Matter of fact, I was listening this morning to, um, I, I love to get up and watch um, the Liberty University channel on the Thomas Road Baptist Church, and I love to hear Jonathan Falwell preach, and they had a, a guest preacher preach this morning, and I was listening to him, and he said this, he said, if I can get an amen, and he said, do you know what an amen does? And nobody said amen when he said that, and nobody said that. He said, you know what an amen will do for you? He said, it'll cut 10 seconds off every single message every time you say amen. And I thought, man, I need to try that. So if you want this to be a little bit shorter, how about a... Yeah. All right. D6 dads, we have a fear of the Lord. We trust the Lord during the lean times. What about on Sunday mornings? Dads, you realize it ought to be your role? If you're going to be a D6 dad and you're going to build a D6 family, it ought to be dad the one that is saying, hey, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will get up and go to church on Sunday. Yes, you can do what you want to do on Saturday evening, but you're going to go to church on Sunday morning. The family's going... Listen, D6 dads do not send their family to church. D6 dads take their family to church. Amen? There's a difference in that. And why is that? It's because we have a fear. We have a respect for the Lord and who He is. Let me give you another habit of a D6 dad. Number two, godly dads live lives of integrity. Oh, this is a big one. And you could preach a whole message on this one. But D6 dads live lives of integrity. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 7, it says, The one who lives with integrity is righteous. We underline that. He lives with integrity. He is righteous. His children who come after him will be what? Happy. You want your children to be blessed? You want your children to be happy? They don't have to have the newest thing coming off the shelves in all of our stores today to be happy. You know what makes a child happy? To have a dad who lives with integrity. To have a dad who does what is right. And by the way, dads, you want me to tell you who you really are? Myself included. You want me to tell you who I really am? Dads, you want me to tell you who you really are? You are the man that you are when no one is looking. You see, it's hard to get a good read on a guy on Sunday morning. We all kind of put on our best and we come to church and, and we look good and we know how to smile and we know how to put on the show and we know how to talk and we know the right things to say and we know the right answers and we know what people are really looking for and, you know, we can, we can do this pretty easy on Sunday morning. But what about when no one's looking? What about when you're by yourself? Or what about when you're in that home 
and you're there with just you and your family. And too many times we have these dads that are like Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde. They're one way out in public, but there's something else in the home. God help us. If we're going to raise and build D6 families, we've got to have dads that live with integrity. We've got to have dads that do what is right. In Proverbs 3 and verse number 33, get this one now. The Lord's curse. Will you underline the word curse? Because there are some cursings that come from God. The Lord's curse is on the household of the wicked, but He blesses the home of the righteous. Listen, there's blessings that rest on the home of the righteous. Why, how do we become a righteous home? Back up in Proverbs 20 and verse 7. The one who lives with integrity, he's righteous. So if you live a life of integrity, the Bible says you're going to be a righteous man. And God says when you're a righteous man, I will pour out blessings on your family. But if we're not a righteous person and we're a wicked person, the Bible said that there's cursings that will come from God on our families. Guys, you realize it does matter how you live? Hello? I get a witness? It does matter how you live your life? Yes, we're saved by the blood of Christ. and There's really nothing we can do to merit heaven other than exercise our faith and place that in the Lord Jesus. But it does matter how you live your life on a daily basis. If you want to receive God's blessings, you've got to live right. If you want to receive God's cursings, then just simply don't live right. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to it, but if you have your Bibles, which, by the way, would be a good thing to bring on Sunday mornings, your Bible. So turn, turn to Deuteronomy chapter number, uh, chapter number 25 here. I'm sorry, chapter 28. I went through my Bible, and you can make and see with the highlights and the, and the pen marks and things, but I went through there and did a little study on this, and I'd like to encourage you to do the same. I will not have time to unpack all of this with us this morning. But in Deuteronomy chapter 28, you know what we have? We have the blessings for obedience, and then we have the curses for disobedience. And by the way, are there blessings that come from God? Anybody witness those? Sure there are. Are there curses that come from the very same God? Yes, there are. And we've got to understand that. We're raised in a culture and a society today that just preaches the goodness of God and the love of God, but you don't hear much about the judgment of God or the cursings of God. And by the way, we receive those based on how we live our life. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want you to look. Verse 1. Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God. Listen to what God told His people. He said, if, if you. Notice the key word is if. If you. And I'm talking to dads. If you dads. Deuteronomy 28 is talking to everybody. If you as a believer... If you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all His commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord your God. And then He runs through a whole list of blessings that will follow You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Your descendants will be blessed. The soil of the ground will be blessed. The livestock will be blessed. The herds will be blessed. The newborns will be blessed. The flocks will be blessed. The baskets and the kneeling bowl will be blessed. Uh, you'll be blessed. As you go in, as you go out, you'll be blessed. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to receive the blessings of God on my life. Hello? I want to live under the blessings of God. And if I'm going to live under the blessings of God, then I must obey God and it does matter how I live my life. 
We go the rest of that chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 and following. I won't have time to unpack it all. But there I want you to take note in verse 15. But if you do not obey the Lord your God by carefully following all His commands and statutes that I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overtake you. Wow. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the country, cursed in the, with the basket and the kneading bowl. Descendants will be cursed. The soil of the ground will be cursed. Your herds will be cursed. The newborns will be cursed. The flocks will be cursed. You'll be cursed as you go in and you go out. Listen, guys, it matters, men, that we live right. It does matter how we live, live our lives. And D6 dads that are trying their best to build D6 families are dads that live lives of integrity. They do what's right. When nobody's looking, they do what's right. I tell you, there was a message that I heard years ago and I was in my early 20s and I heard Dr. Bob Jones Sr. preach it. And the message was do right. Just do right. The message went something like this and all through the message he preached it. I used to have it on cassette tape. I've not been able to locate it. I've been looking for it for the past some time. But I had it on cassette tape and I remember listening to that message over and over and over and over and over again. But here's what he said. Do right. If the stars fall, do right. Do right. If the stars fall, do right. And he said that over and over and over and over again in that message. I remember as a young 21, 22 year old boy, I broke when I heard that message and I thought, you know, I haven't been doing right all the time. I haven't been doing right. I was doing right based on what it would merit me or what I would get. But I need to learn to do what's right regardless of what may happen. It changed my life. And there's some men who need to hear that message. We need to do what's right. We, you know we've been commanded to tithe and give God our tithe and our offerings and our finances. But a lot of times we don't do it because we look at the bill and say, there's no way I can do that. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, you're going to live a cursed life by disobeying a God. That may be too hard on Sunday morning, I don't know. But if you want the blessings of God, we've got to do what's right. Do what He's commanded us to do. Live how He's commanded us to live. Obey God and you will be blessed. i got to hurry. I must hurry. Number three, godly dads remain. Get this one. Godly dads remain true to their wives. Hello. Man, this one needs to be preached today. Godly dads remain true to their wives. Guys, you realize the greatest gift you can give your children is the gift of them knowing that you love their mother. That was a weak amen. I don't know if you need to say oh me or amen right there, but I hope and pray you can say amen. Listen, the greatest gift gadget you can give your kids is the gift that they know that you love their mother. Godly dads, D6 dads, they remain true to their wives. Proverbs chapter 5 deals with that. Oh, I can't go there and preach that whole thing. I would love to. But Proverbs chapter 5 is one of the most descriptive passages on the father's role of him being faithful to his wife. I'll share with you verse number 19. It says, As a loving doe and a graceful fawn, let her breast always satisfy you. Be lost in her love forever. Dads, you need to go home and read Proverbs chapter 5. And what you need to do, you need to come out of that and you need to... And you know what it's saying? It's saying be captivated by her love. 
Be captured by her. Choose to love her. Stay in love with her. And let me just tell you this, men. You staying in, your, in love with your, your wife does not just happen automatically. It's a choice that you choose to make every single day whether you're going to love your wife or not. Uh, don't come to me asking for marital counsel and telling me that you fell out of love with your wife and you don't know what happened, but you just fell out of love. I'll tell you, that's a lie of the devil. That's hogwash. What really happened, you chose not to love your wife any longer. And now you're numb towards her and have no feelings towards her. But it goes back to your choice. It's not, hey, I just fell out of love. I don't believe you can fall in love and I don't believe you can fall out of love. Hello? Why do I say that? You know what God says? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He says, husbands, love your wives. What are those? Those are commands. Do you realize God will never command you to do anything that you cannot will to do? Did you get that? That's a profound theological statement. I hope you'll let that seek in. But God will never command you to do anything that you cannot will to do. In other words, you cannot choose to do. So don't, don't call me and need marriage counseling and tell me you fell out of love. No, I'll, I'll put it right. You, you chose not to love anymore. I'm not saying I won't help you. I'll help anybody that calls me. I'll try my best to. I love you. I want to help you. But the thing is, we got to quit making excuses. And what we need to do is get back to being a godly man that's going to stay true to our wives. And you know what? You know what D6 dads do? They remain faithful to their wives and they work on their marriages every single day. Men, I don't care how long you've been married. Don't quit working on your marriage. Don't quit reading marriage material. Don't quit reading marriage books. Don't quit going to marriage seminars. Listen, we must work on our marriages every single day. Let me tell you why. The devil's out there and he's trying to destroy your home. And he's going to start by giving you a lustful eye and a lustful heart and getting you attached to somebody else emotionally. And you'll start sharing with someone and speaking with someone. And what you're really doing, you're choosing to pour your life into someone else other than your wife. You better put up some boundaries. You better put up some guards in your life or you'll fall prey to the devil. These six dads remain true to their wives. Boy, this is good stuff. I hope, I hope you're enjoying this. This is good. Number four. You ladies, by the way, dads, I know you're getting it hard today. Be sure to bring your wife next week. Daryl's going to tear them up, okay? (laughs) Oh, I'm glad I don't have to preach that one. Number four, godly dads teach their children the ways of the Lord. This almost goes without saying. We've already been talking to this and alluding to this, but godly dads teach their children in the ways of the Lord. This really is the great theme of the book of Proverbs. It's what the book of Proverbs boils down to. Dads, it's your responsibility to train up your children. Now, I believe you can delegate a little bit. I believe you can delegate some of the responsibility to the wife. I believe you can delegate some of the responsibility to the church. I believe you can delegate some to the Sunday school teachers and the pastors and youth pastors. But that doesn't mean they're totally responsible. You are still responsible for the spiritual well-being and growth of your child spiritually. You know, I've had people just in the short life of Victory Church, and we started this church in March of 1999. But I've had people, as our children have come through youth, that have come back and told me that it was my fault that their children didn't do this or do that because our youth program was not what it needed to be. I've had people tell me that. And I said, listen, it's not my fault that your, your, your child fell into some moral fa- failure. It's not my fault that your child disobeyed. Listen, children, listen, all you teens and kids, 
All we can do is teach you. All we can do is share with you the principles of God's Word. And I don't believe there's any parent. Listen, if a parent is doing their best, and by the way, let me put this disclaimer out there. There are no perfect parents, nor are there any perfect children. Everybody ought to say amen right there. We're all living in this fallen state. We all make mistakes. We all have failures. We all have disappointments. Nobody's perfect. Our children aren't perfect. Don't expect them to be. Moms and dads, we're not perfect. Don't, don't expect us to be. And kids, don't expect us to be. But you know what? If I've done my best to instill in my children the ways of the Lord, and I've taught them from God's Word, and I've taught them what's right, and I've taught them what's wrong, and I've shared with them God's Word, I've prayed with them, and I've given them material, and I've, I've read the Bible to them, and I've shared God's Word with them, and I've brought them to church ever since they were a, an infant and a baby and dedicated them to God. Listen, when they get up in those later teen, teen years and early 20 years and what have you, and they go out there and stumble and fall, I don't believe the parent is responsible for moral failures in the life of a child. That child is responsible for the choices they made. Hello? And some of you parents, I believe, need to get that burden of guilt off of you. You've raised them, and it's time for them to go out and live their lives. The devil keeps you captivated and bonded with that, and I think sometimes we need to release that. I've told my wife many times, listen, I've done my best. I've, I've done my dead-level best that I know to do as a parent. Now, I'm not a perfect parent. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not a perfect parent, nor am I a perfect pastor, nor am I a perfect preacher, nor am I a perfect man. But I, I can guarantee, I have done my best. And now it's up to them to live right. Hello? Oh, let's get a little farther here. We teach our children the ways of the Lord. Proverbs 1.8 Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Oh, if we would only take heed to that and don't reject your mother's teaching. We're teaching and we're instructing our kids Verse number Proverbs 4, 1 through 5 deals with the discipline that a father is going to give. And, and he talks about in verse number 2 how I'm giving you good instructions. What's the best way to instruct our kids? I believe it's to be a D6 dad. And that's to get involved in their spiritual life. Bring your family to church. Bring your family to Sunday school on Sunday morning. Let's all break apart and study the, the Bible passage and the biblical theme together within the own context level of a child and an adult. Then we get back together and we discuss that and we talk about that while we're waking up in the morning, while we're sitting at the breakfast table, while we're at lunch, as we go to bed in the evening, while we're driving in the car from soccer practice to football practice to cheerleading practice, whatever the case may be. There's moments where we can get into that discussion with our children. And moms and dads, especially dads today, that's our role. Let me show you a short video clip real quick about what I believe must take place in the life of a dad and what we must be doing. You know, the average Christian dad is just this likable guy. He fits in. You know, it looks like everything is just right on the money. But the average Christian dad cannot answer key questions from their son or their daughter. It's a very difficult, tenuous situation for fathers today. What I found is that, you know, from research is that the average dad spends about 30 to 40 seconds a day with his children. They're focused predominantly on work. That is their, their top focus. Because they understand they have to take care of their family, they have to meet uh, a whole parcel of needs. One of the major challenges for fathers is that you know, dads are exhausted at the end of the day. After they come home from work, typically they're tired, they're stressed, uh, they, they haven't really often shifted their mind to what's going on in the family. 
they want a little bit of time for themselves to get their batteries recharged before they have to go back out and slug it out again tomorrow. The average Christian dad, they know everything about sports. They know the latest stats. They can tell about, you know, who's in the top points of the, you know, NASCAR. But when their son looks at them and says, Dad, how did you know what God's perfect will was for your life? They don't have an answer because they typically have never wrestled with those issues. They don't get the attention of their kids like they used to. They don't get the respect of their kids like they used to. They find it difficult to relate to the music, the language, the games, the kinds of relationships, the dress styles of their kids. And frankly, for a lot of them, given all these other pressures and anxieties and stresses that they've got, they'd rather just avoid the whole thing and have a nice, pleasant night, uh, sitting on the couch, watching TV, maybe with the kids present, and that's what passes as family time. Our kids need to know we struggle. I think our kids need to know we are not perfect and while we may appear to have it all together on the outside, sitting down and having one-to-one -one conversations, showing where we wrestle, where our areas of temptation are. So many of us are first-generation Christians. We maybe didn't grow up with a model of a dad, hopefully we did, but a lot, of it did, a lot of us didn't grow up with a model of a dad who was the spiritual trainer in the home. So we're having to figure this out ourselves. And so what we've got to do is show dads that it's okay to acknowledge where you are, but it's time to work on where we want to be. The starting point is getting our minds wrapped around the fact that God put me here to honor Him. Now, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so if somebody would have said to me, D6, or quoted a verse early on in my life, um, I didn't have a context for it. But the way that I came to know Christ, frankly, was watching a family that lived out that Deuteronomy passage. That passage, in, in such a, a few short sentences, really just hits home the whole idea of, this is your job, do it, do it well. Don't stop doing it. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to come from a great background. We have to be willing to not take ourselves so seriously that we think we have to be some huge theologian. We need to recognize that our truth, what we know and what we believe about God is not going to be passed on just by living in the same room or through this osmosis. We need to be active, learning how they're thinking so that we can then teach them what the proper way is to think. If kids are going to take cues from you, you can't give them what you don't have. So it starts with you getting your life together. You want to raise a spiritual champion, you be a spiritual champion. You want them to worship God, you worship God. You show them what it looks like. You show them how important it is to you. You show them what a difference it makes in your life. You want them to read the Bible, you better be reading it so that they see, oh wow, it doesn't just collect dust during the week. Mom and Dad use that thing. So the key becomes, well, let's build that strong relationship, that life-on-life -life, uh, experience that Jesus did with his disciples, living it out with them. And in the process of that and in loving the Lord, it's going to be contagious what they pick up from us. So what I build into that life today isn't just about, I came home from work and I'm too tired to battle the kids. The battle is the game. You know, work is... Forgive me, I mean, I work, we all need to work, but 
it's kind of irrelevant in the big scope of things. If I understand that the only reason I'm here is to honor God with every choice I make, with every breath that I take, then I have to think that, you know, what I do with these children isn't just a throw away. It's not just after-hours stuff that's optional. This is the most important stuff. That's good, isn't it? Dads, we've got an awesome, awesome responsibility to raise up our children, teach our families the ways of the Lord. Let me give you the last two habits, and we're going to be done. I'll hit these real quick, I promise. Number five, godly dads correct their children when necessary. We discipline our children. Uh, Proverbs three eleven through 12, it talks about how the Lord uh, disciplines the one he loves, just as a father uh, and the son that he delights in. Proverbs 13, uh, the one who, who will not use the rod hates his son. The one who loves his, him disciplines him diligently. Guys, we've, we've got to correct our children. And there's a right and a wrong way to do that. And I'm not talking about abuse. But I am talking about correction, and there needs to be discipline. Proverbs 29, 17, discipline your son, and he will give you comfort. He will also give you delight. We've got to discipline our children. It's not the mom's responsibility to do all the discipline in the home. Hello? Dads, you've got to step up and be the man of the house, be the godly man of the home, and help in the discipline of, of the kids. Now, I believe you need to work that out with the wife ahead of time. And you guys have a game plan before you go in. Do not react to a situation. Uh, do not get angry. Do not just, in the minute, just burst. Already have a game plan of how you're going to discipline in place before you have to execute it and use it. It'll help you in your, your discipline. Number six, there's more I can say about that. I've got to go on. Number six, godly dads make their children proud of them. They just out and out make their kids proud of them when they have a godly Dad, Proverbs 17 and verse number 6, it says, Grandchildren are the crown of the elderly, and the pride of sons is their fathers. You want to make your kids proud, Dad? You want to make your kids proud of you? You want them to be, be able to say, That's my daddy. That's my daddy. Then live right. Do what's right. Be a godly man, and your children will be blessed. We've said a lot today, and I wonder if we just have a song of invitation here. This is a lot to take in as dads. Maybe we've been challenged. Maybe the Holy Spirit has fingered around a particular area in our heart. Maybe there's one of these areas that, that you need some help in, that you need to work on. Listen, guys, you may not even be married, but you need to make that decision right now. I am going to be a godly man. I am going to do what is right. If the stars fall, I'm going to do what's right. I want to right now, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and please, I don't want anyone to look around. Men, I'd like to ask you right now, do you need prayer? Do you need someone to pray with you and help you? Will you get up out of your seat right now and go to these men? They love you. They're here to pray with you. They want to help you. Amen. Amen. Guys, as these men are coming to you, embrace them all. Wives, you're sitting in your seat right now. You need to be praying. There's a spiritual battle taking place and the devil's trying his best to steal these men. Thank God for these men that are choosing to do what's right. 
You guys go ahead and pray. Brother Wayne's going to sing for us. Do what's right. This morning dawns and evening.